Welcome to Inspired, a new six-part radio documentary series from Seeds of Peace. I'm one of your hosts, Bilal Qureshi. And I'm Marissa Mazria Katz. I'm a journalist working in New York City. And I'm a radio reporter and producer based in Washington, D.C. This series is inspired by Seeds of Peace. For more than 25 years, the organization has been bringing young people together from across lines of conflict. And cultivating new generations of global leaders. We are here, we are part of this America whose identity, I believe, is almost always changing. The political situation in Israel is the driving force behind all of my social work. For these audio documentaries, we've been traveling and meeting some of those people. From the schools of Lahore, Pakistan. These are the young people who are going to change the educational landscape of Pakistan and change it for the better. To the music studios of Jaffa, Israel. Art and music can serve a safe space for communication that's beyond Jewish or Arab, beyond whatever wall there is to be put. From the refugee camps in Palestine There's a kind of little light in such big darkness. To the south side of Chicago. It was more about wanting to show other people that they're capable of being better, doing better, and seeing better. We'll hear about their inspirational journeys and the ways they've inspired others. And in this final episode, we have the story of a new song written across one of the world's greatest divides. Hala! Tito erachia, teshene matza, gam shekaloka, altefachet kla. Bilal, this song is called The Wake Up Song, and it was written by an Israeli and a Palestinian at an artist retreat in the desert. It's pretty fair to say it's infectious, isn't it? It is one of the most infectious songs I've heard in a very long time. So, Marissa, this is a new song, and tell me, who are the singers that we're hearing? Who are these guys? What we have here is pretty much the darlings of their respective fields. We have the rapper, Saz, who's a Palestinian citizen of Israel. And then we have the indie darling and Jewish-Israeli son, Taylor. And both of them are really not just rising stars, but they're actual stars within Israel. And they travel around the world performing. And they're getting a lot of attention that way. So we have an indie Jewish folk musician from Israel and a Palestinian rapper. And the song is The Wake Up Song. But even more than that, the story of how it was made is actually just as interesting as the song itself. Yeah, so for the story, you actually went to Israel. And I really want to know about your trip. I mean, tell us about how you started your journey. Right, so my very first stop was to the port city of Jaffa to meet the musician's son, Taylor, whose name is actually Arnon. So he's this indie folk darling that you were describing. Yeah, he lives in this old Arab neighborhood where you can still hear the muazzin make the call to prayer five times a day. I had the chance to meet Sun just as the sun was setting and the final call to prayer was coming through. This is the only place in Tel Aviv where you get both uh, Jewish Israelis and Palestinian Arabs living side by side in the same building, in the same block. So you get like the say, the, the old guard with their sort of um, differences. And you have the younger generation 
with their new opinions and their, their new genders and identities, whatever. So it's becoming even a more complex mishmash of, uh, of identities and situations than was before and it, it was already pretty complex. We walked into his house, which is down a dark corridor behind these steel gates. Come on in. And you know, you step inside his studio and it's also this mishmash of instruments that are hanging on the wall that he's collected while performing around the world. It's always acoustic instruments. Those are always the things that got really get me, like musically. So I collect whatever I can from like wherever in the world that's uh, really, really folky. So this, this little thing, this is harmonium. Kind of like the first synth, really. Um, and I've got my little mandolin. So my grandma gave me a mandolin when I was about 80 years old, but I never learned how to play it. She passed away, sadly, like seven years ago. I'm sure she would be really happy to know that I play mandolin almost on a daily basis. that are, say, typical of the Middle East. You know, Sun's music is really known for this kind of rich instrumentation. He's got this meditative sound that's filled with undulating guitar riffs and and almost whisper-like verses. I saw you last night You know, these kinds of traits really skyrocketed and launched this career of his. And interestingly, not that far away, you'll hear a very different kind of musician. Marissa, who we're hearing here is the other voice in the song, Saz, as you said earlier, one of the most famous Palestinian rappers. That's right, Bilal. Interestingly enough, I've actually watched Saz's career skyrocket in Israel. I met him over a decade ago, and I saw him on these small stages in South Tel Aviv, and now he's really taken on a new kind of stardom. He's in films, his music is played all over the world, and I think that Saz is really talking to a young generation in Israel in ways that other musicians just aren't. Yeah, 
سنين رجعت انا اكتب طلعت كافيات شوفت انا بدات ارتب مشاعر ومناظر اللي منها انا مجرب خلتني ودتني على الورا اليوم اعسب بالاول ما عرفت ايش اشامل بالمره I mean this stuff is really really fun and infectious um, but it really is quite different from Sun Taylor's sort of more indie meditative sound that you described But you said they don't live that far from each other, and you went to Saz's studio as well. Right. So I visited Saz on two occasions. First, I went to see where his hometown is, which is this place called Ramleh. Right now, we are in Hard uh, Jamal. It means the Camel neighborhood, one of the oldest neighborhoods in Ramleh, and the main neighborhoods in Ramleh. And most of the Arab community, Palestinian community, lives here. You have more than 12,000 Palestinians live here. But there's some Jewish families over here and even a synagogue. Um, on our left hand, we have the church, Orthodox uh, church. It's an old city. It was actually once the seat of government for Palestine. And now, while it's pockmarked with these beautiful antiquities, it's been neglected by the municipality for years. Assalamu alaikum wa habibi. Saz tells me he's really inspired by the architecture and the history. But he says what really fuels his music is the heady friction that comes from today's mix of cultures here. That's what inspired me, honestly. Like, just walking here in the street and uh, seeing people, meeting people, just being around here just gave me a lot of wisdom, I think, even, and experience. And it gave me a lot of ideas for making new songs. He's always been very open to these influences. He raps in Hebrew and his family's Arabic. There's an electric and an upbeat mix in his sound. But Saz is not blind to the political reality of being a Palestinian living in Israel. You have to know, especially in conflict zones and in conflict a region like we have for more than 70 years, you just cannot say, okay, um, I'm just doing music uh, because I love it. It's all good. But it, of course, everything affects everything. Um, and I think um, for me as an artist, as an actor too, it's just helped me a lot to deal with my life, with, uh, with the conflict that I'm living in. And of course, be really one of living in, in between worlds, in Palestine and Israel, having family in both sides. So for me, without art and music... I'd, I'll just be that. Sun Taylor, the Israeli folk singer, is exactly the same. Like Saz, he says that in a conflict zone like this, music is one way to keep people talking and moving towards a peaceful solution. Art and music can serve in that capacity as a hack, as a way to kind of like create a safe space for communication that's beyond identity, beyond politics, beyond like Jewish or Arab, beyond the, the whatever wall there is to be put. Because it, it goes beyond those things. I mean, music specifically, it goes beyond identity. We all, we're all moved by music. And so I think in, in a time of crisis, in a time of conflict, and we are always in this region in a time of crisis and conflict, then it can serve to do exactly that, to go beyond those walls and to kind of like hack away the differences, to create collaborations where none could have existed in a, in a political sense or in a national sense, but to create collaborations of art. 
2017, they were able to put those ideas into practice. They were both invited for a five-day retreat organized by Seeds of Peace in Israel's Negev Desert. It was geared for Israelis, Palestinians, and international artists seeking to resist the status quo and build social movements through art. Summers are scorching here. The nearly 5,000 miles of jagged rocks and plunging valleys are one of the few landscapes remaining here that still feels biblical. It was a perfect setting for a break. Both musicians are always on the lookout for moments where they can grow and dream up new songs. And for Saz, that meant stepping outside his everyday routine and getting the much-needed space to think and create. When you kind of get out of the bubble that you live in every day and you have this space and, 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 and you have this um, opportunity to use your time for only music and only create, sometimes it's just happened by chance, by accident. I didn't, go, I didn't go there with a purpose of making a song. I just went there to kind of uh, make, make music with myself, like with my body, my soul. And I was fasting. I was like really into the mood. And it's just, I think, a retreat just gave us the opportunity that in, in, in every day in our life, we don't really have the chance to do it. Yeah. The pressure that we live in, the whole thing that it's not really give us the freedom to create. And for both of them, the retreat was really a chance to jam with someone with a different sound. Again, here's Sun Taylor. I know, I've known Saz before the retreat, but we never really thought about collaborating together. I mean, he comes from a very, very different artistic world and creative world than I do. So it was never like a natural sort of artistic connection. But then we got a chance to spend time together, share a space together, and both be in a kind of like in an intentioned creator uh, mood. And for me, that was a beautiful experience to be in such a position and com- with, without any, any kind of um, set direction or set stances or even like set tools, we kind of had to make our own tools. I had to, okay, so uh, I, I need a microphone, so let's go to that guy and ask him for the microphone because I didn't have a microphone. And uh, can you play the buka? Okay, great. It was a very sort of happenstance situation. I never worked like that. I'm much more kind of like a, um, organized uh, uh, chaos creator. But just that week was enough to bridge that divide and make a new piece of music. Sun remembers when it all happened. We were sat in this uh, in this uh, big uh, big hangar, and we were jamming. Uh, it was me and a bunch of other people. And then Saz came in, all in, with his white galabia, all dressed like a, like a sultan. And he sat down with us, and it's just something about his presence was so majestic, and uh, and and really changed the vibe of the room and. Uh, in between uh, in between songs or jams or whatever you want to call it, um, he just started singing all of a sudden. He started singing this 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 mantra, and he said he sang it out of time. It was like a cappella, just kind of like long notes. And I kind of heard that, and I, and I just had, I, and I heard this kind of groove going. Uh, I mean, we 
just in the pause between um, between like musical bits that we're jamming on, he starts singing the sacapella, basically the Ramadan song. To have it there right in front of me with Saz all dressed up to the microphone, it immediately caused like an inspirational moment. And I started like uh, hearing a rhythm in my head while he was singing. And that that's the birth of the song. And that's obviously a moment I'll never forget. Hello! So Marissa, we're right back to the song that we started this episode with. This is the wake-up song, right? Right. This is the song with the lyrics that asks its listeners to wake up now, change the situation. Even when it's cold, they're singing. It's not cold. Don't fear at all. Marissa, I was wondering, you know, in a retreat like this, they clearly came together, made a piece of music, and are responding to each other outside the realities of the neighborhoods that you took us to. How sustainable is this type of relationship, though? Are, are, are these two still meeting each other? Do they still hang out? Were you able to see them together? Oh, yeah. I mean, these guys are still fine-tuning the song. And let me tell you, I think they're loving that process. And when I was there, I actually had a chance to sit with them and hear them riff. Yalla, yalla, yalla. They greeted each other with huge hugs and sat down and had Arabic coffee. And they recreated the moment when the song kind of erupted. Because it actually sounded to me, you know, from an outside perspective, that it it sort of sounded like the song just came and filled the room, like it was totally spontaneous. It wasn't planned, and that was really beautiful. And I think it comes through when you hear the song. Marissa, you've written so much about art and culture, and you write about the intersection of global crises and the way artists make their work and define their practice in that environment. I wanted to ask you, you know, having seen the song be made, having been there to, to see it played, um, did you come away feeling like a song like this can actually make a difference? Because, I mean, at some level that can be a little overstating it perhaps, or is it a bit cheesy to imagine a song is going to change anything really? But, but was there something to this that made you feel like it is making a contribution to what's happening there? I think what's really important here is that these two men were in dialogue with one another, and they were making music but they were talking. And I think we need that more than ever. And so I really feel positive about this kind of piece that they created in so much as I feel like it represents a lot of possibilities. And it's just really important to me to see and hear that things like this continue to happen. Otherwise, it feels like nobody's talking to each other. So I believe that it's risky in many ways what they're doing, but both of them seem very committed to it. And it's very promising to see. Marisa, thank you so much for taking us on this trip to Israel with you. It was a really interesting story of these two artists, and and you found that they're planning to continue making music together is even more heartening and great listening. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm so grateful that people are going to be able to hear this song. And that's it for the final episode of Inspired the radio documentary series from Seeds of Peace. 
It's been so wonderful to go on this journey with you, Marissa, around the world. Thank you so much, Bilal. It's been an absolute pleasure. This has been inspired from Seeds of Peace. I'm Bilal Qureshi. And I'm Marissa Masriya-Katz. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs>